Well, hello, family. My name is Eddie. I'm the lead pastor here. It's so good to see you. Giddy up. All right. We had a, we had a thing last week. I don't know if, if you didn't know. Like, he just said his name was Eddie. That's not impressive. Um, well, last week we commissioned our Denver church plant. We're excited to be sending them out. Uh, it's it's going to be a tearful moment to see them go, but, but we're excited for what God has to do in, in Denver, Colorado. There's a lot of amazing things that are happening. Um, was it mentioned that we're, we have a, my brain was elsewhere, we have some, some meetings if you want to be involved in that process, so please take advantage of that. Um, also, I, I, uh, I just want to say that our Dominican Republic uh, 10 Days Mission Team, that's a lot of words, they have landed, they are on the ground, they're doing their work. So over the next few days, please be praying for them that God would meet them in a powerful way, that they'd be able to share the gospel in a, in a winsome and con- convincing manner, that the, the gospel presentation would be accompanied by uh, miracles and signs and wonders. And this is a medical mission, so we want to pray and believe that get the doctors are going to have a, a unique and powerful impact in that community. So please be in prayer over that. <clears throat> well, happy Mother's Day. It is good to see you, especially the mothers. Um, if you are a mother and you're not too afraid, stand up. You've earned it. Please stand up. We, we have a small gift that we want to give you, just a little something as a way of, of recognizing, recognizing what, you, what you've done. We appreciate you. We love you. Um, you are amazing. Just, just give it a second to stand. It's it's a, good, it's a good thing. You've earned a carnation. That's what you get. It's a carnation. Especially if you have young kids. I mean, if you get a carnation and you're in the, the throes, and it's a good thing. Or if you have teenagers, it's like, it's good. Well, as we finish up, we are... We're having a special moment to step back, and, and I wanted to think about just the impact of a mother, the impact of a mother. We all, we all have been impacted by, by our mothers, hopefully positively, potentially, somewhat negatively at times, um, but to be fair, we have negatively impacted our own mothers as well, so, but we wanted to think about, I wanted to think about what it looks like. Excuse me. I wanted to think about what, what it looks like to live a life that is established in a heritage of faith. What does it look like to live a life that's established in a heritage of faith? So we're going to look at this section out of 2 Timothy, verses 1 through 7. And we're going to read those together and think a little bit about what Paul has to say to us. If you could stand with me, we're going to read it together. <clears throat> Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve, as I did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers, night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. 
I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying of hands. <laughs> Thank you. But of power and love and self-control. Let's pray. Father God, I pray that we would be able to act and live in a manner of boldness that expresses the faith that has been established in our lives. Hopefully a faith that has been established by those who've gone before us, and if not, Lord, a faith that we are establishing for those who will go after us. Father, I pray that you would bless us, especially the the women in this room who have given so much to to their children for the sake of your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I, I wanted to give some helpful context about this section. Second Timothy is an interesting book of the Bible because it's Paul's last book. It's his last letter that, that we have. And it's a letter that's it's uniquely intimate because he's writing to one of his fondest uh, sons in the Lord. If you look at verse 2, he says, to Timothy, my beloved child. Now, he was not a blood relative. He was not a, the, the, the biological father of Timothy, but he had taken him under his wing. He had trained Timothy. He had, uh, he had circumcised Timothy. Just take that home. I, know, I don't know what that looks like. But he, he had spent a great deal of time with this young man. Uh, we, we see in, in Acts that he meets Timothy in, during his second missionary journey. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. But he meets him, he takes him, and that's around 40, what do I have here? 48 to 51 AD. That's, that's when he meets Timothy. He's a young man. Uh, he's, he's kind of a leader in his church, and, and Paul recognizes some, some thing on his life. He takes them on. This letter is written about 15 years later in 64, 65, 80. And Paul is looking at the end of his life. He's considering the fact that he's probably going to die in a prison in Rome. He's going to be martyred. Uh, church history tells us that he gets, he gets beheaded. And so Paul knows that he's coming to the end and he's trying to, to set some things in motion, to establish some things in, in Timothy's life and his heart, and to kind of frame things for Timothy so that he can continue in the faith and carrying the testimony that, that Paul has given him. And so he writes this letter really to encourage Timothy to, to continue in this faith that's been established in his life. And he starts off with this, this we're, we're going to skip through verses 1 and 2, and in verse 3, we're going to look at the fact that he, he starts off with this prayer of thanksgiving. Right? It says in verse 3, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, I thank him with a clear conscience as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. I mean, he's, he's bombarding us with this idea of, he says, I constantly pray for you, but not just constantly, day and night I'm praying for you. And he's remembering Timothy. He has a, a burden to, to express this for Timothy. He has a, a remembrance. Now, if you've read any of the other letters that Timothy wrote, or that Paul wrote, you know that he was a man of prayer. He, he often starts his letters praying. But, but this is one of only about 
4, where he, he talks about this constant prayer. He writes about constant prayer in 1 Corinthians, in Philippians, in 1 Thessalonians, and here in 2 Timothy. And there was a sense of, there's an intimacy about his relationship with Timothy that led him to pray for Timothy constantly. Now, if you're a parent, if you're a mother, you probably know what this feels like. Because, you know, your, your kid is a little kid and you don't know what you're doing and you're praying, God, please bless this child in my womb. And, and later on, the, the, the baby comes and you, you pray that God will protect that child. They get a little bit older, they bruise or break or scrape themselves and you're praying that God would heal them and they get even older and they get uh, dumber as a teenager. Not, not really dumber, but, you know, obstinate at times. And you're praying that God would move. And there's this rhythm of constant prayer that happens as a result of this intimate relationship that, that a mother would have, and, and in this case, that, that Paul has as a, as a father in the faith with Timothy. And so he says, I remember you constantly in my prayers, and not just constantly, but day and night, night and day. And he says in verse 4, as I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. This was not just a relationship that was that was ministerial in nature. This wasn't a, a, a corporate partnership. Right? He, he, he's a beloved child. When we think about our relationships here at Grace, one of the things that we talk about is that we want to be a community of faith. We want to be people who, who, it, it, who live life together, who do life together. And I think that, that phrase, doing life together, can be kind of opaque, Oh, yeah, we're doing life together. What does that mean? Well, for, for Paul, that meant that, that when he thought about Timothy and he thought about the pain that Timothy felt, it, it's possible that, that this is referring to the last time that they saw one another. They, they departed and, and Timothy knew that, that Paul was not going to come back. And, and there was a sense of loss. There was a sense of pain because there was a relationship there that had been established over years of, of not just going to church with one another, but but pursuing the lost with one another and, and persevering in the faith with one another and being trained and sacrificing. And Paul seeing Timothy fail and, and, and picking him up and helping him succeed and, and showing him the way of faith constantly. This was the relationship out of which Paul desired to be filled with joy, just to be reunited with his, his son. This is the kind of, of, of angst that, that so many of you I know feel about your children. He prays and he gives thanks constantly. Do you have someone in your life that you're praying for? Are you in this position that Paul is in where you're, you're praying and, and you're, you're hoping to see the destiny that you're so certain of come to fruition in their life? Maybe they don't see it in their life. Maybe they don't understand it. Maybe they, they don't quite have the frame of reference, the perspective. But you, you're just asking and praying that God would do something. Paul would say in this moment, continue to persevere in faith. Continue to persevere in faith. And persevere in thanksgiving. You know, it's, it's neat to me that Paul isn't just saying, Timothy, you're doing a great job. This isn't just accolades or affirmation. But Paul is in engaging God. He's saying, I'm thinking God, because when I look at your life, I see that God is at work. Moms and dads, there, there are moments in your life where you look at your child and you don't know if God's at work. But the fact that you have a burden on your heart for them is a sign that God is at work in their life. 
And I would encourage you to live life like Paul where you pray with thanksgiving for just even the ounce or inkling or sense of possible movement on God's part. Yes, affirm your child, tell them you love them, but go to God and say, I thank you for my child and I thank you for what you're going to do in their life. I thank you that you're a good God, that their destiny is not dependent on themselves. It's dependent on who you are and what you want to accomplish in their life. This is what parenthood is about. This is what motherhood is about. It's seeing something in a child when they have no idea, when no one else has any idea what that looks like. It's seeing something and calling it out by faith, looking to God and saying, you've established something in this child and I'm calling it down by faith. That is what Paul was doing. He remembered him and he thanked God for him. He was praying with thanksgiving. He was praying with fondness, as we said. You know, I, I, I remember your tears and I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. Paul clearly cares for Timothy. He, spe- he speaks with very kind of transparent tenderness. I don't know if many of the men in this room would, would be writing this letter like, you know, Bill, when I think about your tears, I just want to be reunited with you and just to be filled with joy. There, there's something very, very almost uncomfortably intimate about this relationship. And what's, what's interesting to me is that, you know, Paul's, he's a man and, and perhaps there was difference in the culture, but I think this is an area where, where moms, you guys, you do, you excel. You know, you can look at a 38-year-old 30 stinky, you know, muscly, bearded man and be like, oh, baby. <laughs> and make that man feel like, mom, stop it. And be like, I remember when you were wearing diapers. Right? There's just a... There's a unique, that, unique gift that mothers have to, to tap into the baby that you once were, whether you want them to or not. You know? I mean, oh, I, I think of those, what is it, the, the Campbell's Chunky Soup commercials where you have these big football players and their moms were like, all right, baby, make sure you eat your, you know? And you're like, first of all, this is ridiculous. No, no football player is, is, is eating soup to be filled. But second of all, they are tapping into something about you know, the mom who can look, at, look up at your son and be like, and, and you know, this linebacker just kind of wilts. Because there's, there's a unique, tender relationship that a mother has. There's a tenderness that, that Paul encourages us towards. He starts by, by remembering Timothy in prayer. He goes on to talk about his heritage. If you look at verses Verse five, he says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith. Another way of putting that is uh, authentic or, or um, uh, unhypocritical faith. A faith that first dwelled in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. You know, in, in Acts chapter 16, we see that Eunice is a believer. Uh, Eunice, the mother, if, if I'm gonna turn there briefly. Uh, Paul's on his second trip to Lystra, which is where he's from, where Timothy is from. It says in verse 1, Paul came also to Derbe and Lystra, and a disciple there was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. Right? So Eunice gets about two verses in the Bible. And it's fascinating that, that she, the amount of impact she has in, 
allows her to be written in, in two verses in the Bible, which in, in the span of the Bible is not a whole lot. We, we get to hear her name, and, and Lois, Lois is just kind of mentioned here. She's not even mentioned anywhere else, the grandmother. And you can imagine, if you step back and think about Lois and her life, she was a Jewish woman, we assume, because Eunice is a Jewish woman, and, and she's reading the scriptures, and she's praying every day for her daughter Eunice, and she's, she's teaching Eunice uh, the way of God, as, as Deuteronomy lays out. She's teaching her the Ten Commandments. She's m- helping her child memorize scripture. She's raising her up in this faith. She's saying, one day there's going to be a, a Messiah that comes and he's going to deliver us and he's going to help us. It's, it's promised in, in, in these very scriptures, in these prophecies, and she's raising up Eunice in the faith. And I'm sure that there are moments in Lois's life where she looked and she says, what am I doing with my life? What kind of accomplishes, accomplishments am I making? What is, what is going to be the, the sum of my my, my, what I give to society. Or, or maybe she didn't think those things, but, but there was an idea that, that her destiny, if we look at it from the world's perspective, was very small. When you think about the way the world describes success, the way the world describes glory, we think of fame, fortune, being well-known, being written about, being even notorious. But here's this woman, Lois, four letters. That's all we know about her. Her name was Lois. And she was plowing and she was establishing an, a heritage of faith. Then Eunice comes and walks in that faith. And she, she raises Timothy. It says in verse, in chapter three of, of 2 Timothy, verse 15, Paul's talking about things and he says, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which were able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Timothy had been established in his faith from, a, from childhood. Paul, Paul didn't come and say, I, you know, you're, you're just a big block of clay, but I'm gonna turn you into a mighty man of God. No, he had already been, he had already been uh, shaped and molded by Eunice. You can imagine him as a little half Greek, half Jewish boy, memorizing portions of the Bible, reciting back portions of the Bible to his mother, his dad working, maybe not being so interested in it because he's just a Greek. It doesn't say that he's a believer. He's just a guy. He's, he's swinging a hammer. He's doing whatever it takes to provide for the family. But Eunice, she's, she's day in, day out, establishing, laying in a foundation of faith. Moms, there are days when you look at your life and you... You get to the end of the day and you're like, well, I made it. You know, I don't know, I don't know if anything is going in. And, and you do your devotions, you, you get your Jesus storybook Bible and you, you read whatever or you, you help your kids memorize scripture. You just drag them to church and they look at you and they say, when can I play video games? And you're like, I'm gonna smack your face. <laughs> don't smack your kid's face. But let me encourage you that, that the Lord is moving and the, God honors day in, day out, steady state faithfulness. You know, we, we want to have these magnificent moments where, you know, we come in and like, like spiritual ninjas, we just kind of da-da-da-da, and all of a sudden someone's like, I'm holy, but that's not how God works. He works in the, you know, you need to obey. 
And then 10 seconds, buddy, you need to obey. 20 seconds later, spank, spank, spank. You need to obey. All day, spank, spank. You need to obey. It's in your back pocket. You need to obey. You come to the end of the day, and they're, you're like, I don't know if this works. You know, it's interesting that the Bible, when it talks about discipline, it doesn't talk about whether or not it works. It talks about our responsibility and, and God's faithfulness. Our responsibility is not to question the means by which we are to do our job. Our job is to do our job. And, and so Eunice is just doing this day in and day out. And, and we can come to this moment, moms and dads too, but we can come to this moment where we're like, I just don't even know what I'm doing. I'm, you, you have worn me to a small frazzle. But it's in those moments that God does something unique, not only in the life of the kid, but in the life of the mom. Right? That, that's the place where, where real faithfulness is being developed in our own hearts as parents. That's the place where, again, we want to we wanna come to a place where, where everything, you know, we pray a prayer and it works and it, it, it takes no hard work. But God's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm shaping something in you as you shape something in this child. Eunice was a person, she was a woman who had established Timothy in his faith. Eunice was a woman who had taken responsibility for her duty as a mother. I was a youth pastor for a little bit, and, and I just remember there were some parents who kind of dropped their kids off and they were like, good luck. I'm going to go uh, not be with that child for about an hour. <laughs> and I loved working with kids. And, and initially I was like, I'll be the kid's savior because I'm 23 and I know something. <laughs> I did the math. If I pastored your kid for 30 minutes a week, every week from zero, like for whatever reason, they're a, you know, a six-month-old and they can still... We're just doing it now. I'm going to catechize you as a little baby. Through 18, that would be 468 hours. That is not a lot of time. Over 18 years. I, I, I so love the fact that I get to stand before you and preach. Pastor David loves it. Pastor Jeremy. We, we are called to preach this gospel. But when it comes to faith in God, it's your job. I mean, it, Moses lays it out in Deuteronomy. Moms, you have thousands of hours with your children. And sometimes you're like, I know! <laughs> That's part of the problem. <laughs> but God has called you to something unique, something that I could never accomplish in your child's life. Something that I was never intended to accomplish in your child's life. Eunice understood this, and from childhood she had been establishing Timothy in a heritage of faith. And let me step back and say, I get it. Some of you, maybe you came in today and you're like, I don't need you to tell me how I need to parent because today is one of those days and I'm just glad I'm at church. I'm glad I just made it. And I, and I, did, I did give my kid to Larry and say, now you may have him or her. I, we're all in process and I'm thankful that God is patient in that process. I just want to, I don't want to, to condemn, I want to encourage you that, that God has so much for your children in your own ministry. 
This is not a condemnation of, oh, you're not good enough, you can't do this. No, God has given you what you need, needed. He has established you. He has appointed you as parents. He has anointed you as parents. And he will accompany your loving care and discipline if you will just, if you will just show up. Be encouraged. God loves your children more than you, and he's put them in your life for you to discipline and disciple them. And children, be thankful for your parents and be, be aware of the hard work that they're putting into your life, the sacrifice. I call those teenagers back in here. <laughs> Mothers, never underestimate the impact that you have in discipling your children. Motherhood is a thankless, tiresome, I mean... No other job are you going to get poop on your hands and then go back to your job. You know, that's the kind of, no, you can't imagine any sort of corporate situation where you go to work. I got poop on my hands today. I'm going back tomorrow. No, you are putting in your no weeks notice and you're finding another job. (laughs) But moms, they're like, well, I got poop on my hands. A year later, they forget and they're like, let's have another baby. I mean, it's, it's amazing the things that, that, that have to be given up, that moms give up. The autonomy. Just go into the bathroom by themselves. Like, I remember the time when, or, or the, the, I remember this comedian talking about it, the difference between um, married, uh, kids with parents, uh, couples with, with kids and then couples without kids. Couples with, without kids, they're like, hey, you want to go outside? You want to go out for dinner? Sure, sweetie, let's do it. Okay. And they go. And then the, the, the couple with kids, hey, do you want to go out for dinner? I'm like, yeah, I guess. Okay, well, you, let's call the sitter. Okay, um, we, let, where's the baby bag? Okay, here's the baby bag. Where's the, the butt paste and the, the, the diapers? And do you get an extra thing of clothes? Do you have the formula? Which formula are you talking about? Well, I think we're on the Similac now. The other one made him really gassy. And so, um, where's Billy? Billy! Oh, no, Billy's gone. Right? We, we give up so much as parents, but God is, God is faithful in our faithfulness. Do you feel like you're laboring in vain today? you feel like your prayers are going unanswered? In this moment, God is encouraging you to persevere. God is encouraging you to press on. God is, God is encouraging you to consider the captain of our faith, Jesus Christ, who for 33 years, really, I mean, he, he persevered for about 30 years in, in, a, in a profession he didn't even really do much in. He was a mason, he was a carpenter, and then, you know, he, he gets to 30 and does his ministry for three years. And I mean, for the most part, there's a, there's a lot of day in, day out faithfulness that amounts to what we would say is nothing. But there was something that God was doing in that time. Be encouraged. Don't underestimate the work that God has for you in raising your children. So he establishes the fact that that Timothy is coming from this this deep heritage of faith, and he goes on to to give Timothy a charge, remind him of his responsibility. And he says, for this reason, 
Timothy, God has laid in some serious things in your life. He has given you the blessing of a, a believing mother and a believing grandmother, and they have acted on your, heart, your part. They have stood in faith uh, in the gap for you. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Timothy, you have a responsibility with your life. You have a ministry that's been, that's been stewarded to you, that's been given to you. Now, each of us, we're not necessarily called to pastoral ministry like, like Timothy was, but God has given us things, and, and for many of us, those things have come through the, the sweat, the tears, and it's come through the prayerful hands of our mothers. And we have a responsibility to steward that well. We've been put in the place that we're in, the, the job that we're in, the, the community that we're in, Sterling, Ashburn, Leesburg. And, and, and God has said, I've established you here for a purpose. Fan into flame the gift of God. What is your gift? It's not, it's not mentioned here what Timothy's specific gift is, but each of us is given a specific gift for the ministry to serve others, to, to care for others, to, to build others up. And he goes on to say, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Timothy, move with boldness. You've been established in a kind of faith that that ought to give you boldness. You, you've not been given a spirit of fear, and, and there it's a small s, but most theologians would say that the spirit that's being referred to is the Holy Spirit. You've not been given a Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in you, and he's not a spirit of fear. He's a spirit of power, of love, of self-control. In other places, Paul describes the Holy Spirit's indwelling power as the, the same power that raised Christ from the dead. Now, moms, let me encourage you. He's talking to Timothy, but that's the same power that, that dwells within you. If, is little, little Billy having a, a, a bit of a, a funk? You call on the power of the Holy Spirit. Intersect his life in a powerful way. We like to call that Conviction. You know, you don't have to hound your son. You don't have to hound your daughter. You just let the Holy Spirit do that. You, you pray that into their life. He goes on and he says, you've not been given a spirit of fear, but you've been given a spirit of power and love and self-control. This heritage of faith that, that Timothy had, it, it ought to have produced love in his life and self-control, a kind of balanced living that understood right and wrong and, and, and how he ought to live and how he ought not to live. This, this is what's produced when moms, when you persevere in the faith. That's not promised. You know, our, our children are still uh, individuals who have to volitionally respond to God. We can't just, they're not black boxes where you put something in and it comes out. But, but God is faithful and he has made promises that, that if we will do our part, he is faithful to, to work and, and, and meet us. So if you find yourself in a place where you're struggling and, and, and you're feeling timid and you're, you're wanting to quit and give up, go back to this admonition that Paul gives us. God has given you a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Timothy, 
He's got two letters in the Bible written to him. He, he was one of Paul's closest ministry partners, a son in the faith. And he, he did a lot of amazing things on behalf of God. And two generations before, there was this woman who was standing behind him, Lois. And she was looking, and, and I don't know that she saw with eyes of faith. I don't know how much faith she saw, but she, the Bible says she was filled with faith. She trusted God. She believed that God had prepared a Messiah, someone who would take her sins away, who would reconcile her to God, who would allow her to, to live in relationship with God, in a covenant fellowship with this God who made her. And she raised Eunice in that way, or maybe she got saved around the same time as Eunice, but, but they believed that God was who he said he was. And because of their faith, despite the fact that there's two verses for Eunice, one verse for Lois, despite the fact that we know very little about it, somehow that little pebble thrown into the, the, the lake of, of eternity rippled into some amazing, amazing responses to the fact that thousands of years later, we're still talking about these women. Moms, you have these days where you just, you just want to go to your room where no one else is and you just want to hear nothing and you want to see no one. And my encouragement is that when you feel like quitting, just remember that God is taking your hard work, your perseverance in prayer, your, your sweat, tears, your blood, and he's establishing a heritage of faith. Husbands, remember the sacrifice that your wives are making. Take the children out. Get her a manicure. Children, remember what your parents are giving up. Remember what your moms are giving up. Remember the, the work that they're putting. They used to be cool. They used, to, they used to know things about pop culture. They used to be able, to, as many people have said, but you made them the way they are now. So remember them and honor their, their faithfulness to God. And if you come from a context where your, your mother wasn't, wasn't a Lois, wasn't a Eunice, if you're a woman who, who never saw that that established the way that, that Eunice did, you can be that for your child. You can be that for your children. This can be the moment where you begin a heritage of faith. There's a responsibility that we have to steward what God has given us because he has established us. He's establishing us in a heritage of faith.